Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about feelings. <laughs> More specifically, we're going to talk about feeling tired after showing art. Yeah, I know that this is a weird title for this podcast, but I wanted to, I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about our experience doing shows. Mm-hmm. And how there are times where you're showing your art and you, you know, like for me, I'm like, go, I do a show. And then I think to myself, like, I'm going to get into studio. I'm going to do all these things after the show or after I show my art, even if it's for like an hour or two. And usually what I find is that afterwards I like, I need some time. Mm -hmm. I need some time to just do nothing. That's been the case for me also. I'm like, come home, grab a shower, and then I want to pretty much do nothing. So what is that? Like, I wanted to kind of explore that whole thing a little bit deeper. And the reason that I wanted to share this was just in case, like... Any of you guys out there are showing your art and, you know, because there's always this comparison game, right? It always seems like somebody, some other artist or something is doing like a million things and it just seems like they're never tired and it seems like they always have all the energy in the world. And the truth is that it's this like balance, you know, you you kind of have to know where where your strengths lie that's not the right word. Um, you you got to know what your your uh, ebb and flow is when it comes to the energy of what you create. It's kind of like being in the studio all the time and how you need to give yourself a break in that process, right? It's not always go, go, go. Zara said introvert regeneration time. Introvert regeneration. So I think there's two components, um, and they're pretty obvious, right? When you're doing a show and you're showing your artwork, uh, there's the physical component and there's the emotional component. So we could talk about both of those. Leslie said, Yahoo, made it to the live pod. Much love from New Zealand, Rafi and Klee. Love you too, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. By the way, for everybody listening to this, we have our amazing Rogue Artist family here with us. So if you hear us reading comments we are reading their brilliance and sharing it with you Mm -hmm. uh yeah introvert regeneration time is you know so that that was one of the things that i wanted to talk about because i i am somebody that a lot of people will consider uh an extrovert right and i'm doing air quotes here while i say this because I tend to go out and do a lot of public things. You know, we do a workshop, we do art shows where we interact with people, we do exhibitions, we do all kinds of like public things, we do live streams. And and, we enjoy them very much. Yeah, but at the same time, like, we also have certain strategies that we've developed over the years where, for example, whenever we're doing an art show, we make sure that there is a escape place. You know, like a place that we could get away from all the craziness. Introvert hidey hole. Yeah, an introvert hidey hole, if you want to call it that. Jenny said, I get it. I get tired after going to the shop to replace my business cards. (laughs) Girlfriend said, for me, when I've worked on a collection for over a year and then the show comes and goes, I've put every bit of myself into this for so long, I crash hard when it's done. Yeah, yeah, that's the other aspect of it, too, is that a lot of times there's this complete buildup up getting to a thing i know that like whenever we do even like a virtual show online where you know right now we're getting ready for our december virtual show and we're both working on pieces that we want to present Mm -hmm. at the show 
And, you know, there's all this like build up, build up, build up. And then it happens. It goes by in the blink of an eye. And then afterwards, you just want sometimes like even with the virtual show, it's like you want an extra day. Like we'll probably take the day after Mm -hmm. just to kind of relax and do nothing. Artwork showing is such an interesting thing because it inherently has an emotional component to it. So when you're preparing for a show, you're physically preparing by creating the artwork, but you are also emotionally preparing to show the artwork, to interact and to talk about it, to present it in the best way possible, to make sure it's an enjoyable experience for everyone. So it's inherently emotional and physical to show art. It's a lot of emotions there. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of emotions. Yeah, and getting ready for a show. I mean, it took us like... It took us about three days to, you know, package the art, get it down to stairs, put it in the car, drive to the location, drop it off, you know, and do that and then hang the art and then move the art, you know, because like whenever you're setting up a booth or a show, it's like, yeah, you hang up the art and then it looks great when you hang it. And then afterwards you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, that piece would look better over there. And it's just back and forth so physically it's there and then that's just the beginning of the day because then you spend the entire day interacting ideally interacting with a lot of people yeah and then you take it all down and put it in the car and (laughs) drive home then you drive home in silence and usually (laughs) and i'm going to be honest when we were doing shows all the time for the years that we were basically it was make the artwork prep the artwork take the artwork to the show, bring the artwork home, unpack it, put the artwork away, produce more artwork for the next show. And I didn't have the time or the emotional bandwidth to do much else, which is why other projects got shelved during that time. Right, right. And I had to be okay with that. Like nothing was happening with music during that time. But that's like, yeah, that's like doing, because we were doing like anywhere between two to three shows every weekend. It was a lot. Yeah. So when you're doing extreme stuff like that, the last thing you want to do is beat yourself up if you don't have the bandwidth to be doing other things. Like we were lucky if the house got cleaned and a video got put on YouTube. Yeah. And like that was a good, that was a good week for us. That's what it was. It was extreme art showing. Jay wants to know, does it get easier with repetition? My first show was last weekend. Yeah, it does. It well, does. What, what happens, Jay, is that you start to, um, well, you worry less, which is, which is great. And what ends up happening is you start developing things, you know, for us doing a show, the physical side of it is not as bad, definitely not even nearly as bad as it was the first few times that we showed, you know, because like you have all these theories and concepts of how it's going to go. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to have these art walls and I'm going to do this and this is going to be amazing and that's going to be amazing. And you got to be willing to be really, really lazy about it and get to a place where you kind of circumvent all the difficult stuff and you start making it way, way easier, which is why, like, I built the show walls that I did because Mm -hmm. they were super light, they were easy to work with, they were durable. Yeah, over the years, I was constantly trying, constantly trying to find ways to make my jewelry setup easier because we were doing shows every single weekend. And as far as interacting with people, like, that gets easier. That's, that's... Man, I I know, 
I know that when when somebody is intro identifies with being introverted, like the last thing they want to do is go out and and meet people. And I could I could honestly tell you it is the most empowering thing that has come out of having an art career because I think a lot of times you know, you get nervous because there's all these social constructs on how you meet people if you go to this thing or mm -hmm. if you're at work or whatever and how you're supposed to behave. And in reality, like it's such a weird environment because essentially that person is walking into your world. Even if you if it's just a table with some artwork or a booth, it's like the moment that they come in and interact, they're walking into your world. And you start to really learn that as you put yourself out there more and more and start caring a little bit less about making an impression, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, I'm just here to connect with people that I'm going to connect with, you know? One of the things that I've touched on when it's uh, social interaction, if social interaction is difficult for you, as it was very much so for me, one of the things that I looked at and understood within myself is, the main thing that was exhausting for me about social interaction was the nerves and this idea that I had to say the right thing. And I was constantly, like while I was interacting with a person or people, I was running this background program that was constantly analyzing what I said, what they said, what their facial expressions were telling me, what their body language was telling me, what my facial expressions and body language were, looking for micro expressions and indicators with the predisposed notion that this wasn't going to go well because that's how I had trained myself. So I was constantly in fight or flight and I was constantly on the alert that's for indicators <laughs> that I was doing this wrong. And that was utterly exhausting it is and the more that you do the social interaction thing if you're aware of this the less you do that and the more you can not be running that background program and just be fully present now there's something to be said for being absolutely aware of social indicators body language facial expressions but i think the thing that we do is we see a micro expression and we assume what it means Right. And if we're negatively oriented when it comes to social interaction, we assume it's bad news. Yeah. And I think it's also kind of reframing, like loving yourself and knowing that you're coming from a good place. You're coming from a place of love. You, you you're good. Right. So you're not judging yourself the entire time that you're interacting. I think that that's one of the issues. That's one of the things that makes it so exhausting is that like you for a lot of us, these are the first time, first off, you know, how, if you're showing your art for the first time, there's nothing else that equates to that. Like there, there, there's nothing else out there that you could compare to that. Mm -hmm. um, that's like going on stage and doing a performance or, um, you know, giving a speech at some time, like those things kind of sit in a world of their own. And when you do that, like you haven't done that before, you're going to be terrified you might be thinking to yourself like, okay, I am doing this thing. I need to impress the people that are going to show up and come in. And you're, you constantly do that analyzing thing. And it is that, I would say that that's the part that's exhausting. And that's really attached to being a people pleaser. 
I'll give you a small example of even in a situation like this, right? Because you guys are here on the chat box with us, so I don't see your body language or your facial expressions. But what I'm paying attention to is things like uh, if the ticker tape goes quiet, my natural inclination is to assume that we have transitioned into a boring segment and none of you care about what we're saying, right? Because that's a pessimistic outlook of how it's going. The flip side of that might be we're saying something so interesting that everyone's paying attention and they're not typing in the chat box. Another um, answer to that could be that the internet connection is being wonky. And so what's actually happening doesn't matter so much as what I'm telling myself. If I'm telling myself the ticker tape just went quiet because this is going really badly, then now I'm stressed out. Right. right. Then there's stress and you, you start fumbling over your words. So the yeah. work is, okay, well, why would I feel that way when it could be any number of things that you don't have any idea what they are? So the work for me is to just be in a neutral place. Okay. If I'm feeling good about this, then it's fine. Right. Um, and if I'm talking to someone and their facial expression is blank, or it looks negative. It could be that they have a negatively oriented resting facial expression. I like how you put that that negatively oriented. It could be that they're intently listening and their face didn't get the memo. It could be any number of things. So the real work is to analyze how you feel when these things happen, why you feel that way, whether it's empowering or disempowering to you, and then take small steps to positively orient yourself so that you can get comfortable in these environments. And it's all about being good with who you are. Exactly, exactly. Because really it comes down to the narrative that's in your head. And that's where the the people-pleasery part comes Mm -hmm. in because – if you are constantly trying to vie for someone's approval, right, and not even realizing that you're trying to vie for somebody's approval, right, and you are going to analyze all those little things and look at them and immediately come up with a narrative that is a negative one towards yourself. And it doesn't mean that you ignore that narrative because, okay, so a good example is whenever I get into that place what I end up doing is I start talking more, right? It's it's out of insecurity. and The phenomenon that is panic babbling? Yeah, the panic babbling. And so, like, whenever I find myself, uh, sometimes I don't see the cues, you know, what are what is happening, but I can recognize when I'm panic babbling. So the moment that I start panic babbling, there's a part of me that, like, steps back and is like, wait a second, what's going on here? You know, are you worried about impressing this person? You know, and it could be anything. It could be any kind of facet to anything. And so when I find myself doing that, I actually stop talking. I've I've trained myself to just stop talking. As have I. And just kind of look at the person. And be comfortable with that moment of silence. Yeah, because that's one of the biggest issue. If you are out there and you find that you are extremely uncomfortable with silence... That's going to work against you. That's going to work against you. And so really, ultimately, what we're saying is like every time you put yourself out there and show your art in a social situation, you are confidence building. And eventually you will get to a place where you do feel confident. The more you do it, the more confident. And you will find, even if you are an introvert, that you start to really enjoy 
this whole thing. You do. You do. Because instead of uh, taking it personally, and that's the thing, you guys, like that whole introvert, extrovert thing. I don't think that it, I think you, you, you slide back and forth on that scale. Yeah. Right. Because no one is an introvert when they're hanging out with friends, with people that they trust and love. Right. You're not, you're not going to be an introvert. It's like when you're in a situation where maybe you don't feel safe, maybe you feel judged. That's when, that's when I tend to shut down. And when I'm with my friends, you know, I might be quiet, but I'm going to speak up. I'm going to give my opinion, you know, and it depends on the friends. Like, is it a friendship that I trust? I right now in my life, I don't have room for friendships that I don't trust. So, you know, it's just taking that and understanding like this is within me. And it's a matter of me making sure that I'm not sitting there judging myself through someone else's eyes, Mm -hmm. because that's what we do. Right. We assume that they think this thing. It doesn't matter what the hell they think. What matters really is where you're at in the interaction. And are you looking at it in a way that is going to make you feel empowered or disempowered? Randy said, I'm an introvert, took some small pieces downtown to give away only out there for two hours. And I was exhausted. Randy, congratulations. I know what it feels like to go out there and do that was one of my early day challenges. It's a very vulnerable thing to do. It's surprising how (laughs) it is surprising how vulnerable it is to put yourself out there and give away pieces. Yeah. Like I thought at at first that that was going to be easy and it is really, really a big, it, it is a confidence building challenge that the first time you do it, it will it could be a destroying confidence challenge right because immediately you're reading social cues especially if you run into somebody who's like what is this you know like and you're like ah uh, yeah um it's but it's it's gr- congratulations randy cuz that is that is huge and kudos for doing it for 2 hours yeah. cuz because when you're in a situation like that 2 hours is a long time it is a long time it's it like will this day is. ever end mm-hmm. leslie said listening and painting at the same time no need to stress right that's another reason that the ticker tape could go silent because yep. you guys are creatives and you're working on your stuff exactly that illustrates i so i i think training yourself to be comfortable speaking to be comfortable in silence and to be and to not make predisposed assumptions about what's going on or how you're going to be received or how you are being received the to shut down that back that background app the noise shut down the noise yeah that's telling you that you're failing that this person hates you that they hate your art that you sound like an idiot all the various things that we tell ourselves and you know what there are going to be people that you meet that don't resonate with you, that don't like you, or that don't that are indifferent, that don't really have an interest, or that just aren't on the same frequency that you're on, and that is okay. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. It just means your frequencies didn't match up. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the thing. It's like, I love it. So after doing it for so many years, I love putting myself out there and challenging myself to do stuff. Randy said, thanks. I was terrified. Yeah. It's, it's always terrifying. Even after, you know, like I'm very comfortable being out there when we were promoting our, um, our exhibition, yeah. our gallery show, I put a, there was a, a festival, a big festival going on in town 
And I built a sandwich board with our poster on it that said, come to our show. And we walked around with flyers uh, because we knew that there were going to be hundreds of people out. And that was a great way to meet people one-on-one and invite them to our show. Mm -hmm. And uh, Randy, I was terrified, like utterly terrified. And every ounce of everything leading up to it, even while I was doing it, I kept wanting to quit. Like, let me just end this now. Yeah, and you're met with all different kinds of responses when you do something like that. And and just in that initial interaction can make you feel really vulnerable, right? Because some people are going to meet you with skepticism. Like, they're going to be like, what do you want from me? They're going to avert their eyes. They don't want to look at you. Some people are going to be curious and approach you and want to know what you're doing. And everything in between. So, you know, and and you're going to have really great interactions. You're going to have neutral interactions. You're going to have... Maybe some negative interactions, but all of it is part of building up your um, awesomeness factor, Yeah, basically. I got to tell you, like, I love things like that because it's challenging. I like challenging myself to grow, right? I know that the only way that I'm going to break barriers, meet people, and, like, really put myself out there is by challenging that side of me that just wants to hide behind a computer screen and not... You know, I I don't want to speak my voice. I don't want to put myself out there um, because, you know, you're, you're avoiding that thing because it's scary. But I love that challenge. But I also understand like that when we did that, I understood that I was going to need at least a couple days afterwards to just kind of like... To regroup. Yeah, to regroup. And so we made sure that there was nothing scheduled, that there was nothing that we had to do. I got up in the morning and just kind of like had a lazy day where I created some work and, you know, did did easy stuff. I gave myself easy stuff to do. You should really not to should on anyone, but it's a good idea to like reward yourself when you've done something that's outside of your comfort zone. Positive reinforcement, man. Plus, you deserve it. Exactly. You deserve a reward for doing that kind of thing. Zara says, I do my best to just focus on the things that make me happy. I know I'm not for everyone, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't shine. Yeah. And the truth is that everyone's not for everyone. And that's awesome because there's like 8 billion of us. And, you know, like there's too many humans to get on uh, in a significant way with all of them. Yeah, that's impossible (laughs) anyway. Nor do you want to. Do you really want to have 8 billion people like... Coming after you. And that was a hurdle, even though it's like common sense now for me, that was a hurdle that I had to overcome was this idea that I really want, I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted everyone to like my jewelry and I, I wanted every experience to be positive and I took it as a personal shortcoming if that wasn't the case That's and so judge myself harshly. Like, why would you do that to yourself? That's why terrible. would you do that to yourself? But that's just the way that I thought it was supposed to be. And so unlearning that, le- learning to be less likable. I think we get trained. <laughs> we get trained into that, that, that behavior. We get trained into that behavior. You know, it's like you want to, you know, just be nice. You know, don't, don't make friends with everyone, make friends with everyone. Don't make any waves. And then, you know, you, you get out there and then they're like, why aren't you more sociable? Because I'm fucking terrified. It's a fucking minefield. Like, what am I supposed to do? 
And yeah, I think I think that that that's where it's like when as an artist, we have that opportunity to, you know, I love I love being an artist, you guys, because I get to spend my hermit mode creating, you know, staying at home, doing doing what I do, telling people like, nah, I don't feel like going, you know, that kind of thing. But then I can't because I, I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I also get to do a lot of social things, right? And I get to do the social things on my time. If I sign up to a show, then I know that like, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to push the boundaries on that side of me because I'm a pro at being a hermit. You know, I'm a pro at, at like not communicating or talking to anybody, but it, but I want to be a pro at communication. I want to be a pro at putting myself out there. And what that has done over the years, it's really led to a lot of great things. A, I have less of a hard time sharing my voice, speaking my mind. I have less of a hard time showing my art, right? Because I'm not jumping through hoops. I'm not worried about making sure that I impress someone and that they like me or anything like that. I'm just going to be me who I am. And if you don't like it, well then, you know, take a hike. And that's the magic in deciding that you're not super concerned about being liked. I think you naturally become more likable because you become more comfortable being who you You are. You become more you. And you, you have more authentic interactions and that's, you know, that's a good thing. <laughs> Jay said, just watched the sandwich board episode yesterday. That took a lot of guts. Nice that the rain. St- yeah, we were we were concerned that it was going to rain. And I was like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Jenny said, here's how nuts this insecurity is. The other day I had my feelings hurt because one of my back porch squirrels ran away when I was talking to him. I guess the world is just full of squirrels and nuts. Yes. Jenny, I love Jenny, that. It's so it, that's such a great example, Jenny. Yeah, and you know, squirrels are an excellent illustration of this because I I love me some squirrels too, but squirrels do what they want and they can be jerks sometimes. I've also, and I've... <laughs> it's funny that it, like that's also been a thing that's happened to me with Kyle, our yard rabbit. Yeah, Kyle yard, just they're bumps. all by the way, we have a bunch of yard rabbits. They're just all called Kyle. We call them all Kyle. Yeah, but uh like I remember there was a span there where like I wasn't seeing Kyle for a while for, and and I was like hurt. Does, does Kyle not like yeah, us anymore? Yeah, does Kyle not like us anymore? Why is Kyle not in our yard? And then later on we saw a bunch of little Kyles all over the yard and we were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron said, it blows my mind in psychology when I learned that they call it negative reinforcement not because it's punishing bad but when you remove something to get the intended result and positive doesn't mean good. It means that you add to try and reinforce what behaviors you want non good or bad and it's crazy right where you're adding to where you're giving yourself something um you're giving yourself something versus taking something away aurora said insecurity is a big stumbling block for me interacting on the internet is tons easier for me than it will ever be in person yeah well you know aurora i'm going to argue with you um that might be how and i'm not going to tell you what to do or how to feel um i get that I felt exactly the same way. Um, it was easier for me on the internet until I realized, you know, cause it's a lot of people see us online now and they think like, Oh, this is where they started. They started their art career online. Mm-hmm. We would not be doing what we do now. Had we not put ourselves in shows and like got out in front of people. Because my experience was in person. Um, I actually struggled more with the internet 
And what I'm illustrating there is um, the internet probably feels easier for you because you've done it more. Um, and so whatever you're, whatever you've done more is going to naturally feel more comfortable for you. Yeah. And so the more you do the thing. And so now I'm very comfortable with the internet and in real life, but I've kind of, I was the opposite, right? Cause I just had more experience doing the in-person stuff. And so not at first, at first. Oh no, everything, everything was hard. Yeah. Everything first. was hard. <laughs> and then I got comfortable with the in-person stuff and struggled with the internet. Yeah. And then when I was like, <laughs> let's do more internet stuff, Clee was like, uh, and I mean, I, I still, know. I still struggle with portions of the internet, particularly with social media. Um, I still struggle. I mean, I struggle with all of it. There's going to be certain facets where I struggle with like online stuff. There's going to mm-hmm. be facets where I struggle with in-person stuff. But it's just that that moment where you're facing it. You know, that's that's where I I I want to say that I've gotten into the mindset where like stuff like that, those kind of challenges really really excite me. They terrify me. They terrify the shit out of me. And I will go the entire time trying to tell myself not to do it. But for example, like, you know, we played music on stage and that day I quit like six times, right? But I went through with it and it's not it. I was so terrified to get on stage and play music that had I quit and I gave myself permission to quit. Like you could, you could not do this, Mm -hmm. but I feel so good that I did it, you know, and I look forward to the next opportunity where I can do that and face that chip away at that fear a little bit more. And I think that that's the thing. When you're looking at it as a challenge that is for you, not for anyone else, then it becomes easier. And you, and you you be good to yourself. You you let yourself know like, hey, if I want to quit, I can. For me, it was like, if I want to quit, I can. But then I think about it. It's like, am I going to regret not doing this? Like, am I going to feel less than because I didn't challenge myself to do this? And I'm the kind of person that, yes, I would. I would always be thinking, well, what if, what if I would have done it? What if I, and I would rather just do it and have a negative experience and then keep doing it mm-hmm. until I have positive experience and not do it at all. And that's a question that um, is helpful to ask yourself too. Is like, is this a thing that somewhere inside of me I want to do and I'm just afraid? Or is this a thing that I genuinely have no interest in doing? Because not everything is for everyone. For some of you, doing in-person shows is not for you or it's not even possible. And for some of you, you would rather do in-person stuff and you're not interested in the internet. But I would say be careful here because it's really easy to trick ourselves into believing that we don't have interest in something because we are afraid of it. Yeah. So you want to be really, really honest with yourself. Is this fear or is this really not for me? And right. sometimes doing it once or twice will really show you which it, which thing it is, right? And it, it, I mean, doing it once or twice, doing it three times, really, really figuring out where you're at and also um, giving yourself the ability to walk away from it and come back. You know, because that's everything like writing a book, putting a book out there is terrifying for me. And I've written three books and, you know, the last book that I was working on, I also quit. I quit a bunch of times. Clee was helping me edit the book and I would get up in the middle of editing. I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. And I'd walk away. And, you know, and then that's where reason comes in where it's like, yes, of course, I want to release this book. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm excited. I am so excited that I am an author, that I have published books out there. 
like that I could imagine I I can't even imagine having given up when I first wanted to put it out there and I think that that's my modus operandi it's like I need to do this thing to make sure that this is the thing that I want to do and I sometimes I need to do it more than once to really know that this is the thing that I want to do and after I do it how do I feel do I feel just like meh about it or am I really really happy and really proud that I did that proud of myself you know not that I don't care what anybody else that's why like reviews and stuff like I don't even bother looking at reviews unless they're positive Zara's <laughs> like huh, how many times did you quit the band about five yeah five or six times yeah I'm pretty sure I quit the band Gail said I used to be an extrovert but the last couple years I've become very introverted so happy staying at my art table hours a day like Rafi said I choose when I want to go out and socialize yeah exactly and that's the beauty that's the beauty I love being a creative because that's that's it like you know, whatever it is that we're doing, whether or not we're releasing music or we're releasing art or jewelry or the books that I write, there's a lot of downtime that's spent creating the thing. And that's that's the not social part. The social part is putting it out there. But even then, like, you know, that you get to decide when you're going to do that and how you're going to do it. Shan Chan said, I'm struggling with people calling my art common. They say there are too many artists. They're mad at spammers and they yell at me. Uh, F those people. Yeah. Because they can unfollow anything that they don't want to see. And honestly, those kinds of comments mean absolutely nothing. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. Seriously, F those people. Yeah. If they have nothing better to do than just be angry at their 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 personally curated feed, right? Because remember, you see more of what you look at on the yep. internet. So if they're getting stuff they don't want in their feed, it's entirely on them and they can pound sand. And that's my two cents. Yeah. And if they're <laughs> getting mad at spammers, tell them to block the damn spammers and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't ever allow anyone else's bullshit to keep you from sharing what you share. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an opinion about something. Everyone gets upset or, you know, infuriated about something. Everyone has something to say about something. Everyone is bitching and moaning about something. Don't be part of that. If they have a problem with it, they could, they could eat a bag. They could just eat a bag and go away. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian said, I paint murals in people's homes and getting me to the location kills me. Just get me started. Then I love painting on location, but man, I'm a nervous wreck at first. Adrian, yeah, me too. This is where, <laughs> yes, foot chunking is kind of adjacent to this, right? Because if you can just, like as you're saying, if you can just get there, if you can just get the process started, um, if you just, just for me, I'm like, just sit at your bench or back when I was doing, um, exercising regularly, it was like, just put on your running shoes, just get them on and then you can do it. Yeah. And if you can talk yourself into doing, doing that initial thing, then you're off and running yeah. pun intended or not. So Aurora said that she's going through chemo and you know, there's hair and, and teeth that are missing. She's worried about what people will say. People could be mean. In that situation, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, 
no matter what, you got to make sure that the situation that you're putting out, you're putting yourself out in is a comfortable one. Definitely be loving to yourself and caring. You got to be loving to yourself. So like when we do shows, you know, the, the way that I see it, when artists do shows, it's like your booth is your booth. That is your space. Um, one of the things that I worked on, you know, cause with music was putting myself out there the first time was really, really getting into the mindset that the stage was my space, right? Everyone else was just observing my space. Um, people could be mean, but people could also be very, very sweet and very, very loving. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta pick, you gotta pick where you're gonna, you're gonna put yourself out there and. Kind of like what Gail was reiterating. It's like you get to choose mm-hmm. how it is, how and when it is that you do decide to put yourself out there. Yeah, and you most certainly don't need to force yourself into a thing that you're not ready for or not comfortable with at this time. Yeah. You know, because there may come a time where you do feel ready. And that's not what I was saying, Aurora. I wasn't saying like, oh, well, you should put yourself out there and face that fear. It's I don't. So I don't like playing indefinites. Because I found that any time that I'm like, well, I never blah, 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 or I wouldn't blah, you know, I, I would, I, I can't do this thing. I never do this thing. You know, I'm, I'm not good enough to do this. I, um, I stay away from definites because essentially everything that comes out of your mouth or that you type or anything becomes a mantra for yourself. This might be the case right now. Like you said, like mm-hmm. right now, this is how you're feeling. And yeah, okay. That makes sense. So right now you know, this isn't the direction that I want to head in. So it was the, then it will ever be (laughs) that got you. Yeah. Yeah. Then it is right now for sure. And those are those little things that we do pay attention to because little, they're these little tiny, it's like the lines between the lines. You don't want to tell yourself that I'll never be able to do this. Right. I not, I, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I don't want to do this right now. That's, you know, it's not happening right now. I've heard myself say that plenty of times and I'm fine with that. Like it's, yeah, this isn't happening right now. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hi on hand. Hey on hand. Are we talking about being interview for introverted two years at home? Did it for me. I'm practicing being a social human again. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's practice and it takes practice. It takes practice. It really is. And it, it takes practice. And I want to say patience. I want to, I want to really reiterate here That it's important to understand that sometimes when you are having a social interaction, right, you may not respond in a way that you would have responded and you might have that like hindsight 2020 thing happen. And it's important that you don't beat yourself up when you have that. That's part of that exhaustion, right? It's like then you're sitting there and you're beating yourself up. For me, it's like every interaction that I have is something that builds on to the next interaction, right? It's not even about the interaction right then and there. Yeah, it's a challenge to put myself out there, but it it always builds on to the next. So it becomes this ongoing fun challenge for me that I've really been able to wrap my mind around. Was it like that in the beginning? Hell no, it wasn't like that in the beginning. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I was terrified and timid and quiet. I grew up, I, I was a quiet kid that didn't speak his mind or or make waves or anything so it it took a lot of practice and a lot of times of putting myself out there to get to a place where I'm comfortable in my own skin but I would not be in this place where I'm comfortable in my own skin had I not just challenged myself and little by little not 
you know, I wasn't going to make any leaps. You don't make leaps and bounds in one day. You just, you just take it one step at a time. Shan Chan said, I, th- I guess I let the common get to me. I don't know why. The, yeah. You know, common doesn't mean anything. Just like normal doesn't mean anything. It's just one person's whack-ass opinion. <laughs> common. Who's probably not making any art. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't. I just don't have any tolerance for internet trolls. I, I don't either. Trolls. I don't either. You know what? Because and I don't have any respect for their opinions. The truth is it has nothing to do with you when it comes to like, you know, that's a big part of it, too, is like a lot of people are on edge because they want to make sure that like everybody likes them and you don't want to get that negative comment and, and things like that. And really, if if you get a negative comment or like a comment like that, Shan Shan, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with the fact that like you're a constant reminder, maybe to this person, that they're not creating shit. That they're not putting their artwork out there. That they're too shy to share it. That they're too scared to get criticized. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they they build that buffer and they criticize you kind of like to show themselves. Yeah, see, if I did this, then I would get criticized too. And in my mind, like Clee said, I don't have any tolerance for that. I'm like, talk to me when you're in the arena, sweating, bleeding, you know, getting dirty in here with me. Talk to me when you're there. If you're sitting on the sidelines and you're pointing a finger, you could go, you could go. <laughs> Makes me so mad. I know. You could go eat a bag. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it PG. On hand said, those who can do, those who are afraid they can't do, criticize. Yeah. Uh, Cameron said anyone who could treat someone going through that in a mean or insulting way has to have no compassion and isn't worth the time worrying about why impress terrible people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Aurora said, I know it's temporary or hopefully temporary. I'll find out next week how well my chemo has been working. There are things I would love to do. I just haven't made friends here to go do stuff with and all things in time. Yeah. Little by little, little by little, all things in time. Cameron said, you can be... You can be me, beast, and heal blind and drill wells in Africa and still get hate, so I don't fret. Yeah. Yeah. For every person out there that's doing something incredible, there's going to be many people out there not doing anything that are just spectators that are commenting. I have found... I have found that whether it's on the internet or in real life... That it's usually the people that aren't doing anything that have the most gossip and the most shit talk that they're giving people that are doing something, right? And that's a reality. That's a reality. And I don't surround myself with people like that. I don't – even if they like praise my work but they're sitting there talking crap about another artist or another creative who's putting themselves out there, I have no tolerance for that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. No, you know what? They're they're putting themselves out there. I don't care if you don't think that their art is real art or whatever it is. Like, look at your own art. Focus on your on what you're doing. What are you doing? Um, and I've I've lost some friends because of that because um, I just don't. I'm not going to sit there and gossip and talk shit about someone because I am doing something. I know how hard it is to to put yourself out there. How hard it is to like face that fear of like talking to a bunch of people 
how hard it is to show your work out in a world where you're not sure how people are going to respond to it. That's not easy. And I'm not going to criticize anyone that's doing that in any way, shape or form. Not at all. Plus, we don't have time. <laughs> yeah, we don't have time. We're too busy creating art and putting stuff out there. <laughs> Shan Chan said, oh, Cameron, well said. Why impress terrible peeps? We'll remember that. Yeah. It validates their reason for not doing something. Right. Exactly. It's a total band-aid. And exactly. so it's like it's not even worth the breath to even respond to. Zara said, yes, get in the arena. Exactly. Get in the arena. Don't talk to me. Uh, don't don't talk to me about it. Um, criticizing my art or anybody else's art if you're not in the arena. And so, even if you are, in, because I know whether or not you're in the arena. If you're in the arena, you're not going to talk smack. You're not going to talk smack. No. Uh, so really, what this comes down to is the less people pleasery you get in your own brain jar and in your own heart and mind and body and soul, the le- the the easier this gets. Yeah, and it does it does get easier through repetition. But but repetition's not enough. Be really investigating yourself. Be really investigating your feelings and how how you're reacting or how you're responding to situations as they arise because you're not going to know how to deal with the situation emotionally until the situation happens. And you could prepare yourself uh, behind the scenes, um, and that's good. And that's good pre-paving. But until it happens... Exactly. You're not going to know how you're going to respond. And if you respond badly, that's okay. If it hurts, that's okay. Because it's a step in a direction where you're getting comfortable with this idea. Well, it's kind of like with Shan Chan, right? So, like, you get that that thing and your reaction is to be hurt, right? That's Mm -hmm. totally normal. You haven't experienced that particular wording or whatever. And trust me, even till this day, we've been doing this a lot. And we've put our artwork out there a lot, both online and in person. Yeah. And even till this day, like there's going to be comments and stuff that I'm not, I'm not ready for. I haven't, I haven't experienced that. However, I know that maybe I'm going to have a knee jerk reaction, right? Like I'm going to react to that thing. Kind of like you reacted. You were like, oh, okay. It hurt me. But right here in the comment section, you're, you're kind of investigating that like, okay, I guess it was the word common, Mm -hmm. right? Common art. Maybe that bothered me. And then you get to look at that. Because you want to be ready for the next time somebody uses either common or like normal or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And um, you get to really investigate the fact that that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. That person's not even saying anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm not sure what you're saying. I I don't care. But essentially, it's getting to a place where that word, that that word doesn't mean what you think it means. You change the narrative of that word so that next time it happens, you will respond in the way that you want to respond. And by respond, I mean you ignore, delete, uh, block, whatever it is, or comment or whatever it is that you decide to do. But you do it because first and foremost, you are focused on your happiness when it comes to creating art or putting yourself out there or even living life like this stuff that goes way further than just like showing your art and being exhausted interacting with people is one of those things where it's like you're either out there jumping through hoops trying to um appease everyone or make sure that you don't get in trouble or whatever it is 
or you're out there just being yourself, unapologetically just being yourself. Hey, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. There's plenty of other people out there that I could be friends with. I don't need to be friends with somebody that has a high demand or conditions that I need to meet in order to be friends with them. You know what I mean? Like that's not, or I, that there are no conditions that I need to meet in order for somebody to take me as an artist or conditions that I have to meet. Like, I know that I'm a good human. I know that I love, you know, that I love people that I want to share beauty and love with the world and that I want to leave a positive impact. That's really at the core of who I am. I know that because I know myself so if anybody takes anything that I say or do in a negative aspect, I'm like, that's on you. I'm sorry, but it's not my job to juggle everyone else's response to what I say or do. Like it just isn't. Bring it to me. And if it's something where I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'm sorry about that. But I, I've, you get pulled in way too many different directions when you're trying to cater to the world and that's exhausting, you guys. That's exhausting. That's that's where you get exhausted. Also, understanding that like it's going to happen a little bit here and there, no matter how good you are at being yourself. And that might be what you're feeling, and that's why giving yourself time off afterwards makes sense. You know? Yeah. Do you like step into that? That yeah, I'm giving my I'm I'm going to take some me time. This whole emotional process, this whole growth process is long term. It's one step at a time and and it is like it is definitely worth it because it is exhausting as you're facing emotional hurdles to give yourself breaks and rewards yeah. and acknowledge that you're doing this and you're not going to be uh if you're just starting this process you're not going to be responding in the way that you will be 10 years from now, right off the, the bat, right nope. out the gate. That's okay. Man, <laughs> I think about me at shows early on. I was really nervous and really hurt a, a lot and really whatever, but it's like each one of those encounters uh, leveled me up. Yeah, yeah. Aurora said, people who have nothing to do but gossip annoy me to no end. I want to talk about ideas and random weird shit and not other people. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Zara said, I get so tempted to respond to comments and call the a-hole negative Nancy total douchebags, but I just step back now and stay polite. Well, now I do my best not to respond negatively. I try. And you know what? Trying is, is it, it, it's, it builds on. It builds up. It's not like you get a big fat F. For this, oh, well, you, you failed forevermore and this was whatever. Like, we deal with, with stuff as they come. And that's all we could really do. Leslie but said, uh, great messages, Rafi and Klee. Recent group shows have been hard regarding competitive mm. atmosphere. So I decided to do a solo show to follow these. Yeah. That's a great way that's to a strike great a balance. way to strike a balance. I love that. Yeah, a competitive. That's the other thing that I don't. I just have zero toleration tolerance for is artists that think because they're entering into the world of art and art has always been portrayed at the, as this very competitive thing. That's how they get into it. And really, the artists that I know that are like 
career artists that are doing this thing, they're not competitive. There's no reason for them to be competitive because the people that buy my art may buy your art as well. Or maybe they like my art and they're not into your art or they're into your art and they're not into my art. There ain't shit that I could do. I can't, I, I, there's no amount of competition, competitiveness that I could have that is going to change that aspect. It doesn't make any sense to me to be competitive as an artist. Like, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zara said, I know myself and it's not my fault. Others misunderstand or deliberately twist things. They're in their own world that I wouldn't want to be in. Yeah. I mean, th- the truth is it's not even people are listening, seeing the world, everything through their own filter. So no matter what, like you just have no control over whether or not somebody's going to like you, like the art that you put out there. It just doesn't work that way. Like you could only, the best thing you could do is just be you. Jay said, trying to make everyone happy results in no one being happy most of the time. Yeah. Please your peeps and ignore the rest. Exactly. Please yourself and then your peeps will find you. Yeah. Your, your peeps will find you because your peeps will be like you. They'll be into the same stuff that you do. Mm -hmm. So like you just go out there and do the things that you want to do and have fun doing the things that you do and your peeps will find you and be inspired by you. And I'll, I'll end with a, a a thought and a short narrative. Uh, If you have a word that triggers you like common, um, really sit with that word. Really do. Determine what common means for you and determine whether that description really does fit your artwork or not. For me, common art would be like uh, Hobby Lobby art, right? The stuff that's pre-made that you could just go buy at Hobby Lobby. Um, I faced this with the word real. Uh, I had a couple people say to me early on when I was doing shows like, oh, your jewelry's not for me because I really only wear real jewelry. Now, I know what those people meant. They meant diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, and gold, right? And there is a certain there are certain people that, that that's what they want. At the time, I was working with silver and mostly semi-precious gemstones. And so that comment, the first time I heard it, it really hurt me. And I thought, like, is my jewelry real or is it not real? And I thought, these semi-precious stones are real, they're earth-mined stones. They're, the youngest ones are 100,000 years old. The sterling silver came from a supernova, <laughs> just like gold does. This is real. Uh, just because it's not what you see at Jared Galleria of Jewels um, well, that's, doesn't make it not real. That's the problem, and that's that's something that I've I've you know confronted in the past when it comes to jewelry. Is that a lot of times when somebody says real, it means that it's a big chain, a store that is recognized that right. they see commercials for, right? Like K Jewelers or like Jared or and stuff like that. And I'm like, um, we create the same shit. The only difference is there isn't a 700 percent markup right. on it. So you want it? You want to go? Go to Jared. And pay for your real jewelry, like seven times more than what the actual price is. Then I especially own that now that I'm I'm working with all of it. Right, I love sterling silver. I work with gold. I'm working with diamonds. I'm working with all of it. It's all very real, and it's not as marked up as big box. And so then I decided, oh, I will now. I want to have a little fun with this. And so I've decided that um, for going forward for shows, I'm going to make myself a little sign. That's actually a Seinfeld reference 
that says, yes, they're real and they're spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that whole idea is now funny to me, but it was very hurtful in the beginning. And so my point is... Um, sit with that, those trigger words, sit with it. Yeah. Sit with it. You know, um, uh, let's see. Cameron says idiots and trolls will eventually put their own foot in their mouth. Just let them talk and they make a fool of themselves eventually all by themselves. They don't need your help. I agree. Shan Chan, that's very insightful. What you said there. Uh, that I think it everyone hit my, has but everyone has buttons above it. I think it hit my grew up poor button. You know, it yes. turned out that the real jewelry comment hit the same button for yep. me because um, I was trying to prove myself not only as an artist but uh, as somebody who also grew up poor that that I just belonged in this art scene at all. And understanding that real is is, is a is a doorway into realizing like okay, so I did grow up poor. So what does that mean? I think... Uh, does that mean that, that I have uh, less value as a human being? And, and I, so I really investigated that whole concept of growing up poor and how that affected my self-worth as a young person and how it was still affecting my self-worth as an adult. And that whole house of cards fell apart once I started really investigating uh, my self-worth based on how much my family had when I was growing up. But man, it can really take its toll on and you. There's all kinds of buttons. Before you start all investigating. Buttons, but that's really great that you're looking at that because those, those yes. are the things you want to look at. Yes. I would close this on when it comes down to putting your stuff out there, um, showing your art. I would say that the most important thing to remember is that's going to be a challenge, right? In some way, shape, or form, especially if you feel that you're introverted or whatever it is. Um, but see it as a challenge. See it as a fun challenge. See if you could start changing that narrative from something that's terrifying to something that is fun and exciting. And just see it as an opportunity to grow for the next experience and the next experience and the next experience. And most importantly, give yourself the time and a space to be able to really take that information in and take some downtime for yourself and take advantage of the fact that as artists, that's, we have absolute permission to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what I've got for you guys. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, thank you to the rogues. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. This was a fun podcast. Um, very yes. deep, very deep. We got into some deep emotional stuff. So anybody that's listening to this is going to be like feelings. Oh, oh, no feelings. <laughs> but yeah, we got all the feelings in here. And um, thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you to everyone at home listening to this. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I totally adore you. And if you like this and you would like to subscribe, whatever platform you're on, we go, uh, we have our podcast every week. You can listen to us weekly i don't know why i repeated that part that's okay just whatever platform you're on go ahead and click uh subscribe follow whatever it is that you're doing and other than that you want to say goodbye clee good day adios